This is a Demon FM podcast. This is In Focus. We are back for a week. We're doing Brexit next week, so why not talk about Labour in the meantime? This week we're doing our Labour leadership show until the main result comes out, which I think is April when we'll probably all be at Easter. Having some time off. Anyway, so what we're going to do this week is we're going to sort of change it up a bit. We're going to... Each of us is going to sort of represent, in a sense, a different MP. And we're sort of going to see, through, like, debates, who we think will be the best Labour leaders. Labour leader. This doesn't be the person that would definitely get in. This is just more the person we think is most qualified. So we'll go around and I'll introduce each of you and I'll, like, say which one it is. So we've got Phil's here. Yes. So She's hello. Thornbury. <laughs> um, yeah, shall I... Yeah, go on. Okay, so she is the MP for Islington South and she has been since 2005. She has served in the shadow cabinet from 2011 with very little change beyond that. And then Tom? Uh, So I've been given uh, Lisa Nandy, uh, who is the MP for Wigan uh, since 2010 and she's also served as shadow energy secretary from 2015 until resigning in 2016. And me? Uh, hi, uh, uh, I've been given Rebecca Long-Bailey. She's been the MP for Salford and Eccles since 2015. And she's well known for the Shadow Secretary for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Thank you. And I got Keir Starmer, who has been... I got you it. got the favourite, did you? That, the oh, host yeah, got yeah, the favourite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the MP for Holborn and St Pancras since 2015 and was also on the front bench as Brexit Minister until the last general election. So fast off the bat, how do we initially feel, without getting into sort of specifics, about these candidates? Well, I think um, Emily Thornbury's, you know, she's been there a long time. She clearly knows what she's doing as an MP. She's clearly well-liked by her constituents or she wouldn't keep getting voted in. So, yeah, I think it's looking good for her so far. Amir? Uh, um, Rebecca Long-Bailey has been very criticised as being very similar to Jeremy Corbyn but she's like she is still she does still have some popularity but not as much as some of the other some other one of the other candidates Tom uh, I think that Lisa's a, an interesting candidate because she's not necessarily someone that I think anyone expected to go through um, and run for leadership in the first place but uh, let alone get to the the final four as it is um she comes from a a, a multicultural background she's young she's got a decent amount of experience for for her time in office so i think that she's i mean if you look at the odds maybe not have a chance but i think she's a very suitable candidate and has made the race a bit more interesting than than uh people would have previously expected yeah um so yeah keir starmer i think it's actually been like everyone talks about him all the time Mm. for being Labour leader, especially after Jeremy Corbyn came in and made the party maybe more left wing than it was originally. I think he's yeah he's currently the front runner, but that could change. Like I don't think the thing's till March. Well, Corbyn so. wasn't the was, exactly. was the complete rank outsider and still ended up being uh, Labour leader for for years. So it, it it's one of those where I feel like polls. Yes, you have to look at and say, okay, well, Starmer may be storming ahead, um, but ultimately. We have had many cases on both sides of, of of politics where the people that aren't necessarily expected do come out and win. So I think the I think the race is closer than people give it credit for. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think polls are always misleading. Yeah. Um, I've just got the current stats just to add some more context. So Starmer is at seventy four percent, Long Bailey is at fourteen percent, Nandy is at eleven percent, and Thornbury is at one percent. Which, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> 
Uh, it should be noted that there have been a couple of dropouts. Uh, I've forgotten her name. It's Jess Phillips. Jess Phillips dropped Jess out. Jess Phillips, yeah. I was upset, dropped out because I thought she would be quite good. She was the loose cannon in the pack. Kind of, yeah. Just a bit more of a, like a sort of firework and in comparison. And I say it as it is, yeah. completely, yeah. I think she would have been good. I think a lot of people said she was probably maybe too young, maybe mm. needs a bit more experience. And I think that's I think that's a fair criticism, but I think she was mm. quite good. So quickly, what we're going to do, I'm going to go in for a song in a second, but we're going to go through five sort of major leadership points. Mm-hmm. So we've got legal understanding and background. So do they have any legal understanding or any background in that? Do they have understanding of society and people? Um, do they have excellent communication skills? Do they have analytical thinking and active listening skills? And do they have persistence and determination? Get involved on Twitter at Demon FM. All right, we're back on In Focus on Demon FM and we are going to be talking through the Labour leadership candidates. Um, Quickly, we're going to mainly focus now just on two areas because I think they're two quite big areas. So the first one is legal understanding and background. Um, they kind of can be separate points. It doesn't have to be a legal background, I should clarify. It should be like, what is their background? Mm-hmm. Is it sort of substantial enough? And the next one is understanding of society and people. So who thinks their MP has a good legal understanding? We'll do a tally if we like. The winner gets a point. <laughs> the person <laughs> with the most points show, wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh Let's start with Phil. Okay, okay. Well, I think that um, Emily Thornbury should. She became a barrister in 1980, and she, um, you know, has obviously knows the law if she's yeah. being a barrister. So I think she should be well set for the role as. Prime Minister, well, no, it was leader of the Labour Party. Phil's PM. Oh gosh. Oh um, god. It's this sore throat. It's getting to my brain. Um, yeah, and then, so I think that her background has set her up well. I think she's been a backbench MP for a long time before she, jo- you know, before she was serving in the shadow cabinet. So I think that she is well set for potential Labour leadership. Yeah. Uh, and me? Um, so, uh, she... Rebecca Long-Bailey. Right. Yeah, Rebecca Long-Bailey, she was a solicitor before becoming an MP. She worked in landlord and tenant cases, and then she specialised in more of commercial commercial law, commercial property, and NHS contracts, like, af- in, afterwards, in 2007. But when... Before, when she became a solicitor in 2007 and then I think that's pretty much it to be honest she's been like she's only known for there is there's not a lot of background to her she she is a fair she is a fairly new MP so yeah yeah Tom yeah and then uh, well, well Lisa Lanny hasn't necessarily got a direct legal background as such like she hasn't got the, the barrister yeah. credentials of, of Thornbury or Starmer but she is someone that um, has held private secretary positions in parliament and she's also held front bench positions so it's one of those where she is able to to have a general understanding albeit maybe not the deepest in terms of statutory law um, but she definitely has an understanding of society and um, the job of an MP which should I like to think for all MPs come with a reasonable understanding of, of the law and how yeah, it works. Definitely um so Starmer was an MP, graduated from Oxford and became an M- not an MP, a barrister in 1986. Uh, he mainly focused on human rights law, 
tried to get rid of the death penalties in areas of Africa and the Caribbean and also worked a lot in the Northern Ireland stuff that happened in the 90s. Um, he then became head of the Crown Prosecution Service and director of public prosecutions in 2008. Um, the most notable case he dealt with there was the prosecution against two men accused of murdering Stephen Lawrence, Gary Dobson and David Norris. So, you know, I think... High profile stuff. Yeah, I think definitely all these MPs have a certain amount of legal experience. Do we want to rank them? <laughs> I mean, we can do if, we, if we're doing it like it's, it's family show. fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are now family fortunes for this politicians. Is, this, this is, is the change-up. Yeah, in the focus, show needs. family. Poli- politicians' <laughs> fortunes. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess. There's the creative Tory in the group. Um, <laughs> well, if, if I was to put that. a ranking, I would go for Starmer or Thornbury first, but with the high profile of uh, the cases that he's dealt with, I'd go for Keir Starmer as the most legally apt I would obviously go for Emily Thornbury because I am her. Um, And she qualified six years before Kia Starmer, therefore she has more experience. That's a fair point. I'm always making fair points. That's fine. They're both they're they are both they're both were barristers. Mm -hmm. And so and they both have more experience. So So where are you gonna place your vote? My Oh, it's gonna Go with me, Emma. Yeah. Based on it, based yeah. on Starmer, the hope. Amir, don't you dare let me down on this. I'm sat next to you, so I can easily, I can easily get to you. Wow. Based on the experience, even though I think the way things are handled, and she's she's already she's already guessed it, but I'm going to go with Keir Starmer just because, just because of the high profile cases and how much she must he he has like more experience and in law based on the fact that he's dealt with more high profile cases mm-hmm. yeah same yeah. <laughs> well I'll agree. just go home now agree, then guys. shall I oh that was it fun he's won one point no one is surprised are we actually keeping a tally yeah I'll keep yes. a tally sure, don't worry sure. it, is, yeah. it is politician fortune <laughs> we've been through this <laughs> so the next one's more of a subjective one and I think it's harder to sort of talk about but let's quickly see if we can do anything on understanding of society and people Phil so this is where I think that um, Emily Thornbury can come into her own. Um, she, hang on, can I just go back? To the, of course you can. Sorry. It's fine. Thank you. Sorry. We only have one computer. <laughs> the computers are broken. <laughs> um, so she has come from a less well-off background. She isn't brought up like a lot of barristers you'd expect, you know, from a middle-class background. As a child, she relied on free school meals and food parcels, with her family not even being able to afford to keep their cat. Um, So I definitely think that she understands what people from all backgrounds need and from all forms of income. She has also done a lot whilst being a backbench MP focusing on health and housing, which again suggests that she is very in touch with what people need um, and society in general. So, yeah, I think she is, you know, she's had a few controversies in her time, has Emily Thornbury about, so I think, in 2015, she was criticised for tweeting a picture of a house displaying three St George's flags. And I think that she can sometimes come across not as she's meaning to, but I do think that she knows what people want and she is in touch with what the people want. 
Amir, okay. tell us a bit about Rebecca Long-Bailey and how so, she deals with people. So there isn't there isn't a lot. I ha- I couldn't find a lot about her background. However, she, as I did mention before, she did uh, she did work in a law firm specialising in landlord and tenant cases. So I believe that she she has like a lot of understanding of people who rent out pro- people who like especially rent out properties to from landlords, which I think gives her like. A really good understanding of what society so can be like. Like residency. Yeah, residency. Because, like, you tend to find that people who rent out property are people who are on the lower end of the spectrum who can't afford to get on the property ladder. And she is she is known to take take things seriously. So, like, uh, in Parliament, she was she asked the Secretary of State to see what steps could be t- taken for medicines to treat cancer in children. Which I think is really important. Like she's trying to tackle like tackle like modern day society issues as mm-hmm. well in all sorts of areas, besides business, which she is known for. Mm. Tom. Uh, yeah, and I think when it comes down to understanding people, uh, which is ultimately the question here, I think that Lisa and Andy's got a fantastic understanding of society and people. I mean, she's got um, not to go into her ancestry and heritage, but she has. Uh, come from a multicultural background uh, which means she has a lot of public support um, from multiculturalist unions uh, Chinese communities Indian communities across the country have come out on Twitter and other social media platforms to say uh, that she's very well respected um, and I think that gives her a great not just because of her own family situation but her ability as an MP to get across to these different communities and, and provide more of an outreach than the other candidates have got for for labor at the moment that's interesting. Um, that is a good point. In terms of Keir Starmer, his parents sort of had normal jobs. His mum was a nurse. His dad was a toolmaker, which I think, you know, like you just said, Phil, mm. like a lot of barristers come from this more sort of upper class yeah, background, definitely. whereas these people don't. That's probably why they maybe went more for labour. Mm. I don't know. Um, he, yeah, he sort of, he went to a grammar school, so you could always argue that, but lots of people went to grammar schools during that day. He passed his 11 plus. Um, however, he has now sent his children to a local state school. But that says a lot about his personality that he clearly cares a lot about this system because he's willing to put his own children in. Yeah. Um, Who would you give that point to? I would give it to Lisa as first. I'd put her and then maybe Thornbury as a a close second. Um, I would obviously put You don't even argue against Emily Thornbury. Sorry, I'm not... not, I am... I am... Think... I, I think that... I'm not sure who I would put. I think that Emily Thornbury is very, you know, she has struggled and she know what struggle mm. is. Whereas I think that Keir Starmer, as much as he's, you know, not from a upper class background, he still, they weren't, you know, they weren't struggling that badly. So I think that as much, um, I don't know. I think I'd probably put Lisa and Andy maybe first followed by Emily Thornbury second because I think Lisa and Andy knows what people especially in the north want which I think is beneficial for the Labour Party at the minute mm-hmm. oh see this is the, <laughs> see this is the thing everyone's going Lisa and Andy but I think I'll put her second to be honest Ooh, because I'm, I'm putting I'm, I'm putting on my own candidate of Rebecca Longbaily because on what grounds on really? what grounds is it more no, than what we've no, said she has she has experience she has experience in all like these Tenant and landlord cases, right? Let's let's. She yeah, has. Yeah, but how how much of society she, she would, is that? That Mate, is, you're telling me there's more people that are renting than there are multicultural societies in the UK. But that's it's not. Is the answer? <laughs> so you can put Lisa Nandy top. Thank you, Amir, for that. One. 
Yeah, I would have also put Loose Nanny at the top. I yeah. think we are living in a society that is incredibly multicultural and lots of people in the society are facing against that backlash. Mm. I would also say Emily Thornberry, considering maybe the times were slightly yeah. different. I think that's yeah. important. But I think now times have also moved so much further that it is so incredible to see this sort of young multicultural woman come up and have such an impressive career behind her. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Lisa Nanny gets that point. We're going to go in for a song, but first, we have a poll up on our Twitter. We're not going to talk about the result till like, the end, so we'll see if you guys agree with us. Mm. However, um, Daniel Beckett has tweeted that Keir Starmer is his to win, but none of the candidates have excited him. How are we feeling about that tweet? I, you know, I think that's an incredibly accurate representation. Yeah, very accurate. Because that's that's the problem with the current Labour Party, is that there isn't anyone realistically even in that that four and i'm a, you know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of of the candidates as mps alone i think that there isn't enough charisma in that group of people to get past the the swell of support that johnson has been yeah. been able to concoct himself through his lies uh, well we'll skim over that small point but i think that um we can't clarify they're all lies tom the most of them are lies well so, in tom's yeah, opinion, in tom's opinion. <laughs> don't sue us it's all right boris i love you um in um i think they also can't compete with the level of support that jeremy corbyn had and the enthusiasm that he created when he was running for labor leadership yeah so i think that maybe they've got a maybe they're just having a tough they've got a tough act to follow maybe so Mm. i guess yeah. Well, if you have any other thoughts about that, maybe tweet us at Demon FM. Let us know what you think of any of the candidates. It's Demon FM. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to In Focus. Um, we've been reading my tweets. If you want to see those, it's at something on Twitter. I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're going through Labour leadership qualities. You know, the casual. So far, surprisingly, Lisa Nandy, which I think I spelled wrong, and Keir Starmer, have won a point <laughs> on yeah. our game show. We're doing well. Both the ones I've backed have yeah. got points so far. Just saying. Just saying. Well, Tom's predicting. Mm. Phil rolled her eyes. Oh. <laughs> oh. So let's do the next one. Um, excellent communication skills. This, by the way, I've got this list from, um, you know, like YouGov. So <laughs> we love YouGov. Is it what they say an MP YouGov. should, like yeah. a good leader should be? Yeah. yeah. So how do you think your MP's communication skills rank, Phil? Um, so I think that Emily Thornberry's are quite good. She's taken part in uh, Prime Minister's Question Times, standing in for Jeremy Corbyn, which obviously suggests that A, they trust her, and B, she you know, can communicate well and can stand in front of Boris Johnson and debate, which is what you, we need out of a Labour leader. So I'm thinking she's looking like an all right lady. Uh, in my case, Rebecca Long Bailey. I mean, there isn't a lot of times because she's only been in here in for like over the last four years, so she has like the least amount of experience. But in her time, she has been able to question uh, some of the Secretary of State for health and social care. Again, like, like I mentioned before about the treatment to ca- medicines medicine for cancer in children, which I think is really good, especially when the UK leaves the EU without a deal. No, Which, we're leaving with a deal. Yeah, in seven oh, years. but oh, that was that was like a while seven ago. Seven years. When seven years. Yeah. Oh man, four days or something. Yeah. That's very Brexit. Brexit day. This was, this was, this was in now. this was in October before the general election, by the way. So, in at the moment, 
it isn't a lot. I mean that I I wouldn't say she hasn't got the most, but I think she does have the skills. If she was to become prime minister, if she was to become uh, leader of the La- Labour Party, yeah, and I think in my case, um, so for for Lisa Nandy, I think that she's she's because of not having a, I don't want to say a a high role in the party. She's she's been on the front bench, be it for a short period of time. I don't think she's had the real opportunity to prove herself in terms of public speaking, communication, etc. Um, but when I see her on uh, TV giving interviews, uh, she was on Good Morning Britain and and a video that uh, she did challenging, fun enough, even though she was being interviewed, she, she challenged Piers Morgan's views. Um, she is a good communicator. She comes across, uh, across well uh, on TV and other interviews and things that she does. Um, and yeah, and I think that if given the chance, she would be a good communicator. Um, and I think that that she, with her support from the multicultural uh, societies, I think that she's she's as an all rounder a, a good candidate. Interesting. Um, I think Keir Starmer, he's got sort of he was like clearly a top end barrister, so that obviously puts you in some sort of like, you have mm. to be a good communicator to do that job. It's a talky job. Um, I have watched him a couple times on TV, but I find I don't know maybe it's because in comparison to someone like Boris, I find the way he talks sort of quite normal. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like it seems quite dull, which might just be a problem of, like, modern-day politics. You sort of have to talk and act in a certain way to get attention. I think, though, he is clear and quite consistent, which seems to be quite good qualities. But I wouldn't say he's, like, a standout person. Does that make I sense? I think that's the same with all of them, though. I wouldn't really say there's anyone overly charismatic, really, in that group of potential leaders i wouldn't say there's a standout like yeah no I, all singing all dancing candidate i agree with that then that's fun that's similar to, to what the the listener tweeted in earlier like saying that there isn't really one that is there's no exciting no. candidate it, it's and it's and it's a poor state of affairs in 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 that regard because i think the point that martha makes is correct about about starmer he's very to the point he's very uh concise sensible sensible is probably the word i would use just a steady like all of them are steady politicians but i think maybe there's nothing there's nothing gripping about the way they do And I think maybe that could be the problem for the Labour Party because I think they need to compete with Boris Johnson's showbiz charisma. 100%. But, and they're not really providing any candidate that does, I don't I, think. I think I disagree that it's the Labour's party's fault. I think it's a fault of politics at the mm. moment. The mm. politics is all about like sound bites yeah. and get it out. Whereas, should it be that way? Like I don't think Tony Blair talks in an overly interesting way. No, but I, that's I think the thing. politics has changed. That's yeah, no, exactly. I know, and that's, I agree. And I think, shift. is that a problem? Is that something we need to solve? This isn't a debate to have now, but is it's, does it's this... It's a debate show. Like, yeah, okay, debate. but does this fall on Labour's fault, or is this just a fault of where we are as a society? I, I don't even think it's a fault, to be honest with you. I think that it's a good way of encouraging people to listen to politics. It makes it more exciting. It makes it less divided, like, oh, well, they're very different to us. And I think that that was the problem that Jeremy Corbyn faced was that that people didn't feel that close connection, whereas they felt that more so with Boris Johnson. And I think that it's... I don't think it's a bad thing or a good thing. I think that maybe the Labour Party should have just thought, well, we we know who our competitor is. We know what the situation is at this point. We need to try and compete with that. And I think providing, whether it's a flaw or not in politics, it's the state it is and Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister with a very big majority and I think they should have accepted that they need to compete with him and I'm not sure they're providing anyone that competes yeah. with yeah. the charisma Yeah I think that, that and, I, and I think what uh, that the point uh, Phil made is, is interesting in, in the grounds of yes it makes politicians 
less divided from people in like a kind of class way. But I think that soundbite politics in general is incredibly dangerous uh, because it's not informative. It's often plagued with fake news through social media and it means that things can be discredited. And you look at Donald Trump, you look at Boris Johnson, it is all soundbite quick catchphrases that people get sick of eventually and and there will be a shift back. Now isn't the time, yeah. but the, the climate but will shift back to the, the likes thing. of Blair that had some depth and, no, and knowledge to what they were saying. Won't, I think, yeah, it, that, that is really dangerous. And I think it's not going to change for a while. It's not going to be... Because it. I think... When I think it's when Brexit, when the first, when all this EU referendum stuff even started, that's when this sort of this is when yeah, all the sound on buses. This is when all the slogans and everything started to come in, mm. and this is where it all started. And I don't think that's going to go. Away I for don't a while think now. it's something that will go away because I think that it's the first time really that people have been infused in any way and sort of been discussing politics. In but the streets, cost? you know. Well, cost, no, I though? agree. I don't think that it is a good thing because I think we're ending up with more lies and mm. more fake stories, things spread around. So I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's a fact of life. And I think the part of the problem is the increase in social media. Things have got to be short, snappy, quick, catchy, try and attract people straight yeah. away. And I think it's something that we need to accept and we need to work at separately to maybe going back to traditional Tony Blair, we all sit there in suits and look very prim and proper. Sort but of. How politics. do you do? But then, how do you even get rid of the soundbite thing? It's like it it's just really comes, hard. It's it hard. Just comes as a shift. It, it will come. It, it, will, it, will, come. it will definitely change politics and the media changed so dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, just to move away with that, like if we were going to give this to anyone, would we give it to anyone here? Because I was having a think while you were having a talk. Because it's <laughs> my job. I think. If Jess Phillips had stayed, I probably would have given her communication. Yeah. Because I think she has... Maybe it's because she's from the North, Phil. And I like See, the way all from the, the North all the Northern people But, you know, best. she's got, like, sort of a more distinct way of talking. She seems to sort of carry herself with a normal level, like, a normality. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. She seems down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I think that, yeah, I think if Phillips had... If she'd have stayed in the race, then I think this would be a bit like we've just had a very different conversation about who would be the the most kind of charismatic um yeah. but i think on the four that we've got um, i would actually go for thornbury as the most I would. um as the best speaker just because i've seen her prove herself more she's on tv as a labor representative a lot especially during on you know election and, and european election nights uh, she's very outspoken um and the same in primary questions she does very well uh, against the likes of boris johnson and i think that in another instance, if she was to become the Labour leader, then I think that she would be the best in, in that pack to, to be the, the communicator and the public speaker. I agree. So you've got yeah. two for Thornbury. I don't think it's Thornbury, but I can't think of anyone else on this list. Because <laughs> I've seen Thornbury in person. Oh, are you saying us? Oh, so this is for... You're yeah. putting your vote for... Yeah, um, I'm putting my vote to Thornbury, even though I obviously I'm technically representing yeah. Andy, I know. But you can represent whoever yeah, you want. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I get that. Thornbury. See, I just... That's... that's Common on me, you know you want to. Well, I don't know who it is. I'll probably just say Thornbury, but... I think we've seen what she can do, yeah. so it's safe yeah. ground, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas all the others, we don't really know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying Thornbury, that there's no yeah, one there that Thorn- stands out. No, but I no, see I agree. What you mean Storm in Thornbury. Yeah, Starmer's too run of the mill. That's the problem. Yeah, Thornbury. Definitely. Thornbury? Well, then Thornbury. Okay, kind of... This one's harder because we don't really know these people in person, but analytical thinking and active listening skills. Any idea there? This was from the website. <laughs> right. Again, I think Emily Thornbury has proven that she's quick thinking, she can listen, she can respond because she has done Prime Minister's questions. And I think that she's had that practice 
and now she can put that practice into actual effective use, hopefully, for the Labour Party as opposition. So I think that's interesting. I think an interesting way you could do this is sort of like maybe how do they do back in their constituency? Because to continue as an MP, you have to listen to people. And- yeah. So I don't want to be like, let's everyone have a quick Google of like how well your MP did in the last general election. But can we quickly have a quick Google to see how <laughs> well do, your MP? I do. Oh, Amir has his. I will oh, do I mine do very have, quickly. Yeah, I do have mine on here. So when she first, she was first elected in 2015. Uh, no, for the 2019 one. 2019. Well, I do have, yeah, so in two, between 2017 and 2019, so 2017 she got 65.5%, and then in 2019 she got 56.8%. So That's she still had, she still held half of, half of the votes. She did go down. At though. least, yeah. she, she went, went down, down she went down by just over, by just around nine percent roughly but still that's pretty yeah still over 50 percent of the vote so i think it's all right i cool. think that's good. um starmer in the last one in 2019 got 64.5 percent of the vote but that went down by 5.6 percent mm. emily thornbury got 56.3 percent of the vote but that was down by 6.6 percent Tom? Yeah, and uh, Lisa Nandy got 46.7%, and that was down by 15.5%. So does Starmer win it again? No, because I don't think you numbers. can go on no, the numbers. No, that's an interesting point to that's bring up. That's the thing. Because Starmer, yeah, because Starmer is based in uh, London. In, in, yeah, but so is Emily Thornton. I think Lisa Nandy was always going to go down the most because the Labour Party were yes, very unpopular but, no, in the I know. North. Okay, but True. Rebecca Long-Bailey got... It's, it, she, was, she was in the North, so technically... Like she, she did pretty. She did pretty well considering how well. Yeah, how what's bad. your point about London and making? And Come she's on. in a she's <laughs> in a city. Me, she's what in a city as well, though. And cities He's, stayed yeah. very Labour, whereas yeah. places like Wigan. Wigan, yeah, it's not a big city like Salford is. And so I think that you know, Lisa and Andy was always going to ha- struggle because she is a town, a, mi- a ex mining town in the mm. north. She was never going to be that lucky in my opinion yeah, really agree with you Amir what's your point about London bruh come on <laughs> <laughs> nothing there's nothing you had a point I did have you a did. point you, about... you stared at us and said well that's because of London hmm yeah come on <laughs> I mean I mean uh, London is because been... of the media types <laughs> yeah <laughs> London has up. been London has been very has been labour for I don't know. No, but London's, in, London's the most diverse. The yeah, most, most diverse. I, I think so, it's yeah. one of those where, yeah, but I the think, numbers don't come in as guaranteed yeah, as, as, as strongly. Guaranteed. Yeah. Whereas there's been far more change in, in the North in terms of a shift from Conservative to Labour as the last election showed. You mean Labour, Labour to Conservative? That's exactly what I meant. It's late. So can we give this point to anyone? Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I would on that one. Therefore, I would. I would go for Keir Starmer, but that's just because of the returning of the numbers, which I don't think are that good. But on the basis of of, of that point, yeah, I mean, you could compare yeah. the size of the votes, but that doesn't really count because no, I know Holborn and St Pancras is massive. Yeah, I think that I'm not. I think that they all. I think it's hard to compare when it's the Labour Party yeah. in a general election that was so divisive. Yeah, no, I was. I was more bringing up like maybe it's an interesting point. Like people want MPs who listen mm. to them. Yeah. Mm. I can't really give a vote anywhere, to be honest, no. because you just uh, there needs to be more. 
Unless we, yeah, but we know. But I've got a point. Emily Thornbury has been there since 2005, which is yeah. the longest out of everyone, so clearly. Yeah, and Nandy's had it for nine years, which is still clearly quite a while. Clearly, she is well. She's only had 2015. Few, few exactly, see? Few 2005. 2005. <laughs> mm. Just saying. Should we just say that? Maybe this kind of goes to everyone in a sense. Yeah, I think, yeah. Everyone, I think if they're still getting voted in, it's very subjective. Exactly, and situations. I think for the Labour Party, if they're still getting in, they're clearly that. Yeah. yeah, they're clearly well liked. It's very circumstantial. So that's everyone. <laughs> Points to all. Hooray. So we're on to our final one, which is persistence and determination. Which I think is yet again. I'm sorry, it's another hard one. Mm. But we're trying out this new format, so you know, let's see how it goes. I think to base it on this, you have to see like you can do like how long have they been in the job. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also think it should be noted, like, I think that's interesting. We could start with how long have they been in the job? Or yeah, so, obviously, Emily Thornbury's been an MP since 2005. So, for her same constituency, she also ran for Canterbury, I think, in 2001. So, she clearly, you know, is very dedicated to politics and making a change. She's also stuck out at this um, leadership election campaign which we might not agree with her you know really really trying to stay in there Mm. even though it's not looking likely she is trying which shows that she is persistent she is determined to get there and will try and do whatever she can she's doing all the tv interviews she can possibly do to try and get that because i think she believes that she is the best person for the job and if you know that is a good quality to have if they believe in themselves i think that's something that a potential leader of a party does need yeah that's a great point amir uh so rebecca Lombardy, and she's only been in since 2015 however she has managed to uh, secure like really like she managed to get on the front bench within like a year i believe i'm just going to quickly have have a look over so here we go. So, in she got her, she took her first role in September two thousand fifteen. So basically, as soon as she was elected in, she was on the front. She was on. She was in her first shadow role as a as a like a, as a minister for the treasury in September two thousand fifteen, and then moved on to other roles. So, and then she eventually became a shadow secretary for business, energy, and industrial strategy in two thousand. In, two, in February 2017, she's on a path where she's she's st- where people have accused her of being ref- of representing con- con- continu- continuity Corbyn Corbyn, which I think people which people don't want, which people don't seem to want anymore. But she seems to be on that. She still believes that it's still possible. Maybe not as strong as Jeremy Corbyn was, but she's. But people are seeing, people have criticised, some critics have already accused her of representing that sort of opinion. So she's persistent in a view yeah. that is not necessarily held by the electorate anymore. Yeah. That's funny, yeah, because my, so the, the candidate, you know, the Lisa and Andy, she's, I think in terms of persistence and determination, I think she's really good for that because she is someone that comes from a multicultural background, which isn't typical of, I mean, it isn't. Thank God, you know, nowadays more typical for MPs to be of, of, of ethnic uh, minority groups. Uh, but it's one of those where she, back in 2010, becoming an MP in a time where MPs have typicalized as white middle class males. I think that it was a, it, she has shown and is inspirational in that regard that actually she can 
uh, come from a background of multiculturalism and still make it. I think it's a great bit of determination, fantastic persistence. Uh, she's been MP for, for nine years, even with the struggles that, that Labour have been going through up and down in, in elections and polls. Um, and while I don't think she is, I wouldn't look at her straight away and say, yeah, that's one determined person. I don't think she's had the positions on the front bench to show us the determination and persistence. So, but I think that her her past, albeit relatively brief, has shown that she has got some kind of fire, and and I would like to, I'd like to see her go further. And I don't think she'll win the thing, but I would like to I'd like to see her in the in the debate uh, when it gets nearer the time. Yeah, I think Keir Starmer is very persistent and determined. He, you know, grew up in like. Yeah, London, like kind of normal parents. And he went to Oxford. He has very high and respected barrister. And I think you don't get there just on merit alone. You have to mm. work so, so hard for it. I think, you know, having to work on notable cases and having to be sort of like a figure in law is quite impressive. I think where he does fall down is he has been an MP since 2015 and he was on the front bench quite quickly. But I think he hasn't really shone on the front bench I think a lot of other people have maybe taken more of a spotlight than him and I think I don't know if that's just a problem of what was the previous shadow cabinet or if that Mm. is a problem in him and I think only time can truly tell Mm. yeah agreed I'm agreeing with that so who do we think is the most persistent and determined to be honest I'd probably go Lisa Nandy I think as much as Emily Thornbury has come from nothing and has you know succeeded in life and is a you know a well-liked and yeah. long-serving mp i think that lisa nandy represents a group of society which no one else represents i think she does it extremely well and i think that it's something that the labor party needs to try and regain that support from and i think that lisa nandy is probably the most yeah i'm in i'm in agreement with that as well I think that she she has come from like I was the point I made. She's come from a, a multicultural background with her heritage, and I think that it's a great thing for and a great inspiration. And she has shown in a relatively regular pack that that there's you don't have to you can defy stereotypes and and get to where you want to be, which in her case is ultimately, as she hopes, Labour leader. See, I'm going to back my boy Keir. Oh, only oh, person to ever call him that, you know. <laughs> well, he deserves. I think I do think that being a lawyer is such a shows huge amounts of determination because sometimes it can be a grating job i do think if we were doing like a ranking system lisa nandy would be second because i think she has done quite a lot and is incredibly respected yeah. hasn't he got a knighthood as well yes he is really sir, random point. He's a sir isn't yeah he? so i think that shows a determination and persistence and Depends a very on, yeah. and often good judge of character maybe it depends see, on your views on yeah, knighthood. From the royal, see, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in between emily thornbury and lisa nandy as for persistence Go um, with me, Amir. Because you gave your first point to Lisa Nandy, sir. So. You've just supported Lisa Nandy, so why don't we all collectively go no, for Lisa Nandy? Because she gets the point, and what does that mean for the tally? <laughs> well, no, she doesn't no. get the point. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, not democratic. I was paying attention. You just forced him to vote something that he didn't want to vote. That is undemocratic. Anything you need to leave the table. Amir. How are you feeling? Oh, Go on, give us your God. thoughts. Be honest, these two yeah. people staring so between at you. The, so between these two people, right? <laughs> Emily Emily Thornbury has been in politics has been in politics since two thousand five. She's be she's been in it for over fifteen year over uh, around fifteen years now, which is a long period of time to be in politics. She also she came from poverty. She mm. came from poverty. She's um, 
gone through a lot of general Became elections. a barrister. She's managed to become a barrister. She's gone to Parliament for the last 15 years and survived lots of... And she survived many general elections. On the other, and then same, th- same thing with Lisa Nandy. She's come from where a multicultural background and she's managed to get through, get been in Parliament for nine years, still a really good amount of time, considering that we've had four general elections over the last. Mm-hmm. So, so, she, so I'd say that's pretty... She's managed to survive four general elections and she she's been she's in a more in a constituency where it tends to more of a swing yeah more of a swing so what are you going to go oh, for yeah. Amir you know what you want to do you spoke about Emily Thornbury for longer therefore you clearly love the woman <laughs> yeah I'm sorry it's going to have to go to Emily Thornbury you're giving it to Emily Thornbury I'm sorry <laughs> I am, disagreed I am a persuasive person and I have the key it is, it is it is true Just I did type in so according to our Think Emily Thornbury will make the best Labour leader. Wait, wait, no, 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 no it was I don't Lisa Nandy. I quite, I, I would have you, chosen. You something. voted just now for Emily Thornbury. No, but no, that didn't, she, didn't she? Didn't she? Didn't she vote for Lisa Nandy? Yes, yeah, so Lisa Nandy. Lisa. Oh, yeah. No, it's Lisa too. Nandy. I. You voted for Lisa Nandy. In this one just on now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Lisa Nandy. So what's the final scores? Oh, it is of the, What is it? Four so rounds? we think Lisa Nandy should be the best. Interesting. Um, that's strong. Yeah, that's interesting point. I'm just pushing it over so you can see. Mm. I can't push it over so you can see. Um, all right. Well, that's interesting. Let's see what Twitter has to say because we had a poll out. It's Hello. over at last. So we had 21 votes, which is quite high. Mm-hmm. They've disagreed with us, guys. <laughs> Who have they gone for? Um, uh, top, they've gone Keir Starmer, 47.6%, Almost which is half. high, but it's not as high as the original poll put out no. Rebecca Long Bailey came in second with 38.1% Emily Thornbury came third with 9.5% and Lisa Landy came last with 4.8% oh, wow. interesting so it's almost exactly how the current bookies no because Emily Thornbury's got oh, 1%, 1%. Yeah. oh and oh, yeah. Lisa Landy's on like 11 yeah it's true They're Long Bailey's around, on like 13 They're the other way around yeah. Yeah. and Kiss Armour's smiling see I I originally would have thought I would have said Kia Starmer but since we've had this discussion, and even beforehand, I think that Lisa Landy would be good because, and you're all going to roll your eyes at me, but she's from a northern constituency, and where Labour lost the general election was the north. So I think they need to try and like reconnect the north again. Yeah, agreed. And so I think yeah. that she can do that better than someone who I'm. Do prefer Keir Starmer's stance on politics in general, but if the Labour Party want to get back in, I think they either go for Keir Starmer. But if they're not going to do that, then they go for Lisa Nandy to try and re-engage the North with the Labour Party. Well, yeah, that's that's the mantra of her of her campaign of, of Nandy's campaign, saying that she wants to bring the the heart back to to mm. Labour. So I think that's completely right. Trying to reconnect the North with the current Labour Party is key to them trying mm. to get back into power. So I, I'm in agreement. I think you know, I would like oh I'd like to see word. Lisa Nandy. This give, is a big shock. Give, well, we're I talking know. about Labour, so you yeah. know we're on the same page. Um, well. I mean, <laughs> I mean. These are only polls and everything, and like the one thing that you need to know is that Labour doesn't run like the Conservative Party leadership. So they run on membership, where you where everybody gets a vote, mm-hmm. and they do it 
on a ranking system. Which is why I think it's quite likely that Rebecca Long Bailey might do quite well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but it I makes it more interesting, so. doesn't it? It, it? it throws it all up in the air a bit more than the, the current polls suggest. I think I the think poll is isn't really acknowledging the fact that that's how the Labour Party do that. Definitely. But I think it's a good one. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's either it's good and bad in both ways because the, the each candidate needs around 33, 33 backing three backings of a Labour Labour oh no a certain percentage well but Emily it's not looking likely that Emily Thornberry will even get yeah that's the thing because she needs one, so. she needs the backing of um, union you need backings of union or 33 constituency yeah. areas and she's not going to get either well and potentially that's, and that's the thing I mean what was it Rebecca Long Bailey got the big like uh, union what was it oh um, she got like the biggest donor it was Union, I believe. Oh, Unite, Unite. It was Unite, and she, and they were the biggest donor for the general election in twenty nineteen. So, I think yeah, interesting point to consider. Um, this isn't the end, by the way. This isn't like the leadership's happening next week. This mm. is be an ongoing thing that we'll probably keep talking about. But I thought mm. it was interesting. We're kind of in the beginning stages to see how we're all feeling. If you have any thoughts, and if you disagree with us about Lisa and Andy, which I think a lot of people will do, <laughs> please tweet us at DemonFM. We would love to hear from you. Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to DemonFM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.